Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Matthew 18 says, you be the mature person, go to them. Well, I didn't do anything wrong, Pastor Mike. Go to them anyway and say, if, if there's something wrong, I just apologize. That's maturity. See, love is others-centered. What did Jesus do on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Life is too short to live in unforgiveness. You'll become bitter. You'll never enjoy life. It'll affect every aspect of your life. Would you just obey the command you just read? Make it right. One of the greatest things about God is love. Everything He has done for us flows out of His love. When you meet people who are full of hate, it's because they've never known or accepted love for themselves. When we allow God's love to be poured into us, we can't help but be obedient and pour God's love into other people. This is what Pastor Mark has been telling us during his teaching in 1 John. You see, love is a verb. That means it's an action word. We must do love. We must show people this kind of love. It's not just words. It's actions. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the end of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15 with our continuing study entitled, Responding to God's Gift of Love. The words, I love you, were good. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your husband and say this. If you really love me, you'd take me out for lunch. Go go ahead. (laughs) Come on, come on. Tell him, tell him, tell him right now. Man, this is a date place. Vieira, come on, tell him, Sebastian, come on. Now I know what some of your husbands are going to say. I'll take you for a coffee. <laughs> oh, you generous giver, it's free. <laughs> come on. All right. So, love is not just a word, it's an action. It follows through from the words, and you'll discover something. It's a verb. John 14, 15, look at it. Jesus says this, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. So we discover there's a direct connection between love and obedience. If I'm going to respond to God's love, I'm going to respond with praise and words, but I'm also going to respond with loving actions, obedience. But then Jesus went on to teach more. Watch what he did. In Matthew 22, 39, he says this, And the second great commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, neighbor means people in general, family, neighbors, co-workers, fellow believers. Amazingly, Jesus speaks, even our enemies. So what Jesus says is this, you, you can't separate, remember the triangle, loving God, but ignore people. No, loving God 
you're going to love people. If I love God, I will love other people. But Jesus didn't just teach about love. He modeled it. He proved it. Look at verse 9. This is how God, notice, showed. I'll talk a lot about this at the end. We have to show love to our world. This is how God showed his love among us. Well, how did he do that? He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, verse 10. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So God himself showed love. God so loved the world, he gave. He's generous. He didn't just say, I love you, but he gave. He gave his son. And when it came to Jesus, Jesus didn't say, God, I love you, but I'll obey you. And he did something for us. He obeyed God and went to the cross, paid for your sin. So how do I respond when that happens in my life? Some of you yet have never responded at our campuses to God's love. You've never asked God to establish a relationship with you. It was amazing. Last night I was watching, every once in a while I watch this interesting, uh, he's a priest, but he's definitely a different priest. And, and he's talking about, I have altar calls, I have people come down and accept the Lord, and my eyes are open, and this guy is amazing. And what he said is, as I'm teaching, there's so many people that they just come to church and that's it. They think they're going to heaven. He said, no, you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Hello, yes. See, that's love. So you have to respond to God's love, not just with words. But I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service today. You respond to God's love with repenting of your sins. You, you can't fix yourself. You, you believe that Jesus did die for you. And, and you receive him by faith into your life. And then you begin walking after him. Now, I wrote, a, I wrote a response to how we are to respond to God. And it's a Balmer translation, so you already know there's a problem with it. So look at verse 11. Let me read it to you. Here's our response to God since he loved us. Dear friends... Dear friends, since God so loved us, now here's the Balmer translation, listen. Now you can go and live however you want. Is that right? No, it isn't right. Look at verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to also love one another. Now look at me. All the campus, look at me. I've told you, if I've told you once, I've told you a million times. I know, don't exaggerate. Coming to Christ, following Jesus Christ is not an event. It's a lifestyle. There's going to be, I wish I didn't have to say this, there's going to be thousands, if not millions of people who are going to be shocked on Judgment Day. Well, I came to salvation back there in, in uh, 2007. Well, what'd you do with it? Well, I don't need to do anything with it. I went and did my own life. My sins are forgiven. That was ne- That's why we call it a Christ follower. So if you're here this morning and say, well, I already did that deal. It isn't a deal. It's a lifestyle. When you get married, it's not a deal. It's a lifestyle. And so you need to follow God. He didn't save you to do your own thing. We're not our own anymore. Some of you need to make a recommitment. Some of you actually need to get saved today at our campuses. You've been coming for so long. You've been religious, good people, but you've never really followed God. So can I challenge you this morning to be real at the end of the service and just allow God to change your heart once and for all and begin responding in the right way? Now look, at, scoot down to verse 20. It goes on, and I'll be back to verse 12 in a minute. Look at all of our campuses. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, another believer, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they've seen, cannot love God, whom they've not seen. And look at verse 21. It gets pretty 
pretty tight. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother or their sister. Now, when we have the Word of God, the Word of God comes to us and it's for teaching us, which we're doing this morning. It's for encouraging us, and I've got lots to encourage you with today. But sometimes it's to correct us. I'm sure in our campuses that I'm speaking to right now and online, there's a few of you in, the, in, in our campuses, and you have a problem with another believer. And you've not solved the problem. Hate doesn't have to be the word hate. It just could be you're angry, you're separated, you gossip against them. It's not right. You need to get that corrected. It's interfering with you. Well, say, I will as soon as that person comes and solves the issue with me. No, Matthew 18 says, you be the mature person. Go to them. Well, I didn't do anything wrong, best of my... Go to them anyway and say, if, if there's something wrong, I just apologize. That's maturity. See, love is others-centered. What did Jesus do on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Life is too short to live in unforgiveness. You'll become bitter. You'll never enjoy life. It'll affect every aspect of your life. Would you just obey the command you just read? Make it right. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what if they don't make it right? That's not your problem. You do what God says, and you're finished. They then have to respond to God. So let me challenge you. This is real. This is the world we live in. You will get hurt. You You can't live without getting hurt from other people. So you do the right thing, God will give you the strength to do it. Now, when we respond and we're in what we just heard, I can't say I love God if I'm at odds with a person. That doesn't mean you're going to be best friends forever. It just means you've done what God asked you to do and you just leave it alone. But notice what that does in the triangle. Look at this triangle. We respond to God's love by loving others. And what does it do? It completes the triangle. We respond to God's love, not just in loving God. But we have to make it right with other believers. It is just something that happens. Now go back to verse 12, 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, where we left off. Look at this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Look what John says. John says, the invisible God lives in us. At salvation, God, the Holy Spirit comes. The invisible God lives in us. Now, can I see God in me? No, he's invisible. The invisible God lives in us. But as I love others, as I put love in action to others, God's love actually becomes visible. Now, did you get that? Do I have to go through it again? God is invisible God. Nobody's ever seen him. He lives in me. But as I respond in love to people, I do good things. Hello, fall fest. Hello, inviting somebody to the, to the harvest crusade. As I do that, God's love through me becomes what? Visible. It can be seen. When Jesus walked the earth, did they know that God was love? Yes. Because how? Because he showed people. He loved people. He loved sinners. He loved to be around hurting people. He was always in... In fact, he was known as a friend of sin. He was a woman at a, committed adultery many, many times. She come in, He just loved her. And that showed us that God is love. So my actions make the invisible God visible. Because there's a definition we started with and you saying it this morning. Let's see if you can say it again. Because God is... All right, there's four of you. Let's let's try it again. Uh, 
when, when I do a good thing for God, it makes God visible because God is love. And the world sees it. Have you ever had somebody say to you, we've had people say this to us, why are you doing the crazy fall fest thing? Why are you doing all that? Because, now what do they think about the church? Only that the church is what? After whose money? Their money. But we do it free. Ah, maybe I need to rethink it. Hello? That's what it's all about. Do do you get it? Because they don't think about God the way we think. They're angry. They think he's aloof. Now look at verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. John saw these things when Jesus was walking with him. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and they in God. And so we, here's the word again, we know and rely on the love God has for us. Here it is again. Say it with me. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Remember, at salvation, God put the Holy Spirit in us so we could know we're children of God. It, it actually looks like this. See this verse, Romans 5, 5? I love it. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Now, watch this. At salvation, God put the Holy Spirit in me. And the scripture that you see there, he, it, watch this cup, watch this. He pours out his love into my heart. He pours out his love into my heart. So, now what am I to do with that love? Or just keep it. No, you'll see, the, we're all going to sing a song at the end today. His love just continues on and on. So you say, well, if I give it away, Pastor Mark, there's not going to be any left. Hello. He's God. So when he pours out his love on us, what am I supposed to do with it? I'm supposed to pour it on somebody else. That's how the world knows. Now, I know you don't have a cup yet, but hold your cup out. Come on, everybody. I I know, in the back, been here 12 years, I ain't holding my hand. Hold your hand out right now, would you? (laughs) Hold your hand out. Now, God's pouring his love into you. Just pour it out on your neighbor right now. Would you at all the cameras? Just pour it out. Just pour it out on him. You don't understand what you did. You really don't understand what you did. Well, look at me. Look at me. The Spirit just spoke this to me. By this will all men know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. See, when people walk into this place and they don't see fighting, they don't see jealousy, they see love. That's why we're here. Somebody came last night, person that I've known for a while, but not really well, but they knew somebody else here, and he came up at the end of the service. And he says, Everybody, everything that the, our friends told us about this place is true. So this is an amazing place. From the parking lot to here, to a clean building, to the kids, to a sermon, to people. She, we're, we'll be back. See, what is that? It didn't start with you. It didn't start. God poured his love on us. You're not the source of love. He's the source of love this morning. And what is the world looking for? Love. We're looking for love in all the wrong. First John 4.17. Now, when this love comes into us, what does it do? Look at First John 4.17. This is how love is made complete, mature. 
among us so that we will have, notice this word, confidence on the day of judgment. John's writing to believers. In this world, we are like Jesus. By the way, that's the goal. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So would you write this down? Let me unpack it for you. God's love provides confidence and eliminates our fears. When God poured his love into you, he gave you a confidence. You have the Holy Spirit in you that my sins have been paid for. The judgment he's talking about is that we're all going to stand unbelievers and believers and be judged. The unbelievers are going to be judged for their sin. We've already at salvation be judged for my sin. So I don't have any fear when I die that I'm going to be judged for my sins. They were paid for on Calvary. Now, I am going to be judged for my time and my talents and my gifts and my abilities and and all of that, but it's never about heaven. It's never about hell. So I never have to worry about God's judgment. There's no fear. You should have no fear as a Christian today. You should have no fear in dying. Paul tells us when Jesus died, he destroyed the fear of dying. Now, nobody really wants to die, but every one of us is going to die. And as the rapture comes, you are going to die, and so am I. But I don't have to have a fear of it, because absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's an amazing thing. We know there's life after death. That's why we go to a world and go, look, get right with God. There's no fear that I'm not going to heaven. I'm assured of heaven because of God's grace and God's love. I don't deserve it, but he gave me grace. He accepted me. And by the way, there's no fear that God will abandon us while we're here on the earth. We've all said this as a Christian. Where's God? I mean, the circumstances, where are you? God? I can't, can't seem to relate to you. Did you leave me? That's just the enemy. He's promised never to leave us. So I, as a Christian, I don't have to live in fear. And, and there's no fear that, you, that God will not give you what you need for life. He's promised to supply our needs according to his riches. So understand this morning, if you're here, fear paralyzes and we're useless. You should have no fear this morning if you're a Christian. There's no fear in love. God loves you. So don't walk around with fear. You say, Pastor, I got a surgery coming up, a, a test coming up, it didn't do good. I, I understand that. We've all been there. We're going to be there more. That's what's going to happen to us. But I don't need to fear it because the great shepherd lives in me. You have a loving shepherd this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will no evil. It's a word for some of you this morning. God's love eliminates fear. But there's one more thing. When I'm fearful, who is it about? (laughs) Me. Me, myself, and I. So if I remove the fear about me, what does it allow me to do? Would you write this down at all of our campuses? Here's the second benefit of having no fear. God's love frees me from fear so I can what? I can love others. See, what is is love? It's others-centered. So I'm no longer thinking of myself. I'm thinking of other people because I'm already taken care of. It's going to be okay. Now, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. God always makes the first move in our life. 
For those of you that aren't saved yet, those that are backslidden, God's already begun to speak to you. You already know he loves you. Now all you have to do is respond. I'll give you a chance to do that. God knew we could never be good enough, so all you have to do is respond. Repent, believe, receive his forgiveness, and begin following him. So my first response, we love because he loved us. I I love back because God loved me first. And then I love other people the same way. So I want you to write this down, and then we're going to transition to something that's incredible. You'll be excited this morning. Last thing you want to write down, in response to God's love, we're to show the world that God is love. See, they don't know. They have the wrong idea. And so he poured his love out so we could do good things. As I already mentioned to you, Fall Fest is us pouring love out on our community. Harvest America is inviting the lost in. And why do we want to bring the lost in? Because lost people matter to God. There's nothing more important than you and I bringing a lost person to the Harvest Crusade or to a church service. Now, you need to get on a short-term mission trip because it will change your life forever. The majority of the world does not live like we live. And once you're on a mission trip, you'll have a heart of other-centered. Remember, the Great Commission is the whole world. It's not just Brevard County, Indian River County, where we live. Most of you have no idea what God's doing because you don't see the big picture. In 2005, you remember God gave us, as I had my devotion one morning, God spoke to me about Isaiah 54. Put the tent pegs down because you need to go down deep because you're your tents, talking about nomads in Israel, or your tents are going to enlarge. I'm going to add more and more people to your family. We presented that... We dug deep to make sure our relationship with God was healthy. We fasted. We prayed. And that was 2005. That's before we had any video campuses. Now we have three video campuses. Our church basically from there down to now more than doubled. God fulfilled that. I was at a meeting, my wife and I, from about 10 or 15 uh, minutes toward the end of that meeting. There was a group of leaders about pastors and whatever from like 25, 30 countries around the world, mega churches. um, My wife was praying with an African pastor's wife and I was praying with the African pastor. I never know. I didn't know him. He's never known me. He doesn't know anything about the church. And I'm praying with him. And uh, at the end of of prayer, he prays for me. And he says, would you just continue to expand the tents? And he, he doesn't know me. I never said a thing to him. I know what God said to me. You're not done yet. You, you think you're done because you have some video campuses? Is Brevard County saved? Is Indian River Company? No, I, I knew that. But he challenged me. And here's what I wrote. I want you to see it this morning. What's going to happen? There's gonna, God was just saying to me, this is in March. There's going to be new open doors, expanded abilities, resources, opportunities, and influence. Now, if you look at that, who is that written to? It's written to me because I'm... I'm everybody. I got all the talents. I got all the abilities. Sorry you guys are left out, but I'm pretty excited about what's happening. That's not written to me alone. That's written to every single one of you that call this or Vieira or the Word Camp or Sebastian, your church. Love doesn't stand still. Love isn't quiet. Love is an action. Pastor Mark has been telling us this during this series of messages. Jesus put God's love into action wherever He went. We are to do the same thing. He pours His love into our hearts so that we can pour it into someone else. This is what God commands us to do, and we must, in turn, obey Him because we love Him. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we will learn what it means to live right and believe right. This may seem like an impossible thing to do, especially in today's society. But it's really not when you have the power of the Holy Spirit on your side. Pastor Mark will show us that because we believe in Jesus and are born again, we will obey and love others because of His love for us. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear Your lessons for this.